going to be hot today. Nice view, brother. Thank you, Troy. What's up, Randy? One of my regulars. And Dick Cox, how are you, sir? Dick Cox is a soldier, I say, watching my back constantly. I I know you do that, Dick Cox, and I appreciate you. Send more of that uh, peach beer. I know, it's fruity. Actually, it's not. If we're talking about beer, I got to be honest, man. Line and Kugels, they really let me down this summer. I can't find the grapefruit beer. And I don't like any other grapefruit beers for the most part. Hey, Michelle, what's going on? Try this, uh, the Summer Shandy from what? Line and Kugels, John Cassidy? What do you think? I'm a rookie? I got the Summer Shandy from Line and Kugels. They're a great beer company. But I want their grapefruit beer. It's really, really tasty. Hey, wow, Belfast, Northern Ireland checking in. Right on, man. Uh, the Schaffenhofer, I've tried that, my friend. It tastes, uh, I still like the brand. I like the, um, I, I can't really call it a beer. It's more of a, I would say it's more of a soda. And the Schaffenhofer guys got so excited that I talked about their grapefruit. Um, I guess they call it beer, but like I said, it's, it's too sweet. It's more like a soda. And I do like them on a really hot day, and they got to be really cold, and you can't drink a lot of them. But they, uh, I don't even know how they did this, but they got so excited. They just all of a sudden dropped off cases of the stuff to, to where I'm at right now. I'm like, how the fuck do you know where I live? That's creepy. Are you following me on the TikTok app? But it was a summer of uh, Schaffenhoffers, and they were uh, very, very good. Oh, look at the birdies going by. Hi, birdies. What up, bird? Any Wire fans out there? Probably the greatest show ever on HBO. Oh, I know you want to say it was The Sopranos, but The Wire kicked The Sopranos' ass when it's all said and done. That show was amazing. Good morning, Wayne Boo Atkins. How are you? What's up, Brit? All right, enough of that crap. Although I want to say hi to BlueChew.com for boners. You know, you could get a boner for free uh, just by going to BlueChew.com and use the promo code OPOPIE. And then when you get a boner, you could go, hey, Ope, thanks for the boner, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm, it's early. Shut up. What's up, Mex? Oh, good, Daniel. I got you so hard. All right. I know that sounds bad, but... I gotta support BlueChew.com. Promo code OPIE. OPIE. <laughs> I remember, uh, no, maybe I shouldn't tell that story. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't tell that story. Because uh, I know I have a lot of family that watch me on uh, Facebook. They'd rather watch me on Facebook than check out my podcast. I just remember the first time that I uh, was naked uh, on silk sheets. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> That's all I'll say, Robin. That's it. That's all you get. I was just thinking about that because MySheetsRock.com slash Opie, you know, the new sponsor, promo code Opie, O-P-I-E. Their sheets are awesome. And then it just reminded me of the time, the first time that, uh, I don't know, let's just say a young lady brought me back to her abode and she had silk sheets and my God, man. (laughs) Oasis, yes or no? Oh my God, Adam Hughes, a big, huge thumbs up. And you're the Adam Hughes from across the pond, right? I love Oasis, and I love that the brothers hate each other. The whole thing is great. It's a great soap opera. I watch all the Oasis documentaries. There's been a, there's been a, a few out there. One of them was it Noel? 
or Liam. Let me think. I think it was Liam. He had a documentary recently talking about his life after Oasis. It was really, really good. Really, really good. So much turmoil in that family. My God, the brothers just fucking hate each other, but kind of need each other. Oh, wait, my mom had silk sheets. Now she's uh, banging the My Pillow Guy fucking creep. <laughs> yeah, who knew the My Pillow Guy was such a religious creep? And I'm not making fun of religious people. But that guy's a creep. I knew he, w- he shouldn't be trusted because of that damn mustache. There are so many people out there that just give it away with their mustache. You're like, oh, okay. I don't trust you. When you get that feeling in your gut, believe that feeling. And I get that feeling sometimes with that mustache. You know the one. It's trimmed up just a little too tight. Like the person really cares about their mustache. Those people cannot be trusted whatsoever. Uh, There you go, Chad. Uh, Silk boxes are the shit. Comes these all day. Dude, my aunt's watching this right now. Chill. Profiling the stash? Absolutely. We all profile, don't we? You're not supposed to, but every single human being walking this earth profiles. You know this to be true. But then we got to make believe that it's a bad thing and we shouldn't profile people. But we do it all day long. Wait, you get Oasis confused with Radiohead? Really? Uh, The Benz is one of the greatest... CDs, albums, downloads, I don't know what they call them these days, records ever recorded by Radiohead. And uh, Stephen Lynch was the one that turned me on to the bands by Radiohead. I wasn't a big fan of Radiohead. I kind of knew the song uh, Creep, didn't think much of them. And then when um, I got fired in 2002 and I was wandering the earth, ran into Stephen Lynch in L.A. and then we took a trip to uh, Vegas because he was performing there. So I just hung out with him and his crew, drove all the way to Vegas from uh, L.A., and then we went back to L.A. It was a great weekend. But uh, he turned me on to the Benz by Radiohead that that weekend, and to this day it's still one of my favorite uh, CDs of all time. God, it's a great, great, great piece of music. Every fucking song. Oh, you love the crab from yesterday? Thank you. That's on my Instagram, OP Radio. Actually, I'll, I'll put it on my Facebook, too. It's a spider crab, if you need to know, if you saw that video. Those things, man, um, I should have filmed it like two weeks ago. I uh, caught a spider crab. They're a nightmare, especially when there's no waves. You get a lot of crabs. You could reel in some, some uh, big-ass spider crabs, especially. They're just so fucking creepy. And uh, one really chomped down on my my finger with its claw. And I I really, for a split second, thought I was going to lose a finger. It it was like having my finger in a vice. And it left a pretty gnarly fucking um, uh, bite, or whatever you would call it, indentation, I guess, on my finger. It hurt so much. And I still gently put it back in the ocean because I'm an idiot. I think if something attacks you like that, then you have every right to... All right, anyway, I should shut up. Beat that crab with a shovel? Look, man, I the only reason I was asking for the shovel was because I thought that seal was suffering, my friend. I, I don't even know what ever happened to that seal. And you know that people begged me not to post that picture 
when I talked about it on the podcast. If people don't know, every, uh, especially off-season, kind of in the winter, mostly early spring, you'll see seal on, on uh, seals, I should say, on this beach. And uh, every time you see a seal, especially the farmers, they, they, call, um, they call the police, they call animal rescue uh, places, and like, oh my God, there's a seal on the beach, you've got to come immediately and save it. And in most cases, the seal is just chilling, it's exhausted, it's tired, it just wants to relax. Um, but I, I came upon this seal, uh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, right guys? Tex, uh, Mex should know, because we talked about it on the podcast, he was part of that episode with uh, Carl. After Carl left the creepy cabin, but um, saw this seal and man, the gash around its neck was so disturbing. I'm like, how is this thing alive? And then the thought entered my brain that I got to put this thing out of its uh, misery. And then I was thinking, maybe if I get a shovel, I could just bash it over the head. I know this sounds crazy. I I understand that. And in the end, I didn't do anything. I, I left it up to nature. But I did call all the places. And they're like, yeah, we know about that seal. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. And then I'm thinking they probably just tell people it's going to be okay. Because it, it was a it was a horror show. Huge gash. I don't know how he got that gash, but it didn't look like it was okay at all. Crabs are the insects of the ocean, you think? It just goes back to my old bit. Our ancestors had to try everything on this planet to decide if it's uh, edible for humans. So I think a lot of people died just trying shit. You know there was some idiot that saw shiny plants and, and went, oh, this should be delicious in a salad. My God. And it turns out to be poison ivy. And then uh, that idiot had to die, and then everyone's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't eat the shiny plants. They're bad for you. <laughs> but anyway, with that said... Somebody actually looked at crabs and lobsters and went, I think these things are going to be delicious. And you know everyone around that guy said, you're an idiot. And man, that guy was right in the end, right? Because if you look at a crab or a lobster, why the fuck would you attempt to eat it? And then it turns out if you eat, what, shellfish, you go against uh, guad. That's like a sin, I think. You're not supposed to eat the lobsters in the ocean. I don't know. Where where are my religious people at? Anyone that has eaten a lobster, I think you're supposed to go to hell. I think. If I remember correctly. Delicious insects. There you go. There you go. What about oysters? No shit, man. First of all, just opening up an oyster is a pain in the ass. It's one reason I don't get them. It's like, oh, I'm going to try to open these dozen oysters for the next hour to enjoy them for less than a minute nah no thank you oh you want to know my pet peeve if we're talking about shellfish when you go to a restaurant and look I'm all about the ocean life lived around the ocean and the Long Island Sound most of my life so I know this shit and when you get fresh clams and you shuck them you understand how much uh, each clam will give you And then you go to a restaurant and these motherfuckers, they'll shuck the clam and then put the, put what's inside the clam on two different shells and they hope you don't notice. I'm always like, I need to talk to a manager. I ordered a dozen clams and this is only six. 
guess what? I get more clams every single time because they're like, fuck, this guy's on to us. Damn it. Then I'm sure they just spit in the clams before they give me more. Because if someone spits in the clams, how would you even know? You wouldn't even know, right? (laughs) Hey, these are delicious. (laughs) And then some idiot in the back is just peeking around the corner laughing because they know they just put a whole loogie in your clams on the half shell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you know that big stupid clam tongue? You've probably seen the videos online where you see that giant thing come out of the clamshell. And some people uh, will film it in such a way where it looks like uh, the clam is just licking the counter or whatnot. That's not its tongue. It's actually its foot, believe it or not. So God, like, kind of just gave up on the clam, right? The thing lives for hundreds of years. It doesn't have a brain. It could barely move. And it's got one dumb foot. When it's desperate, it'll pop the foot out of the clamshell and try to push its way back into the ocean where it could sit there for another 100 years doing absolutely nothing. Man, God is weird sometimes. He's weird, right? When you start thinking about everything he created. Why did he give up on the clam? Why? And why do I feel bad when I I find a clam on the beach and I'm thinking bait because I'm a big uh, surf caster and then I'm like... Oh, God, but I got to kill the clam to put it on the hook. And then I'm like, well, I don't even think the clam knows if it's living or dead. How would it know? Have you looked at a clam? Where is its, where is its shit that keeps it alive? Where? Where is it? Where is its brain? Where is its heart? Nowhere to be found. It has like a pouch of like crap. I don't know. It's like, I think it's their, it's their shit basically but I don't even think clam shit clam (laughs) clam lives matter (laughs) what's the gardening update managed to stop uh, murdering tomatoes yet or has the new age of puppy raising taking over everything hey what's up who is that Paul looks like sorry but the sun glare is getting bad already um, gardening update. So I planted uh, my potatoes from a potato that was laying around the house. Started from scratch. That damn thing was uh, growing nicely, but I learned, you know, potatoes don't really like growing in the sand, even though I, I dug a hole and put a lot of soil in. And so my potato plants have officially died, and they had tiny, tiny potatoes already, size of marbles. So they're done. I've uh, tried growing tomatoes from scratch twice, complete and utter disaster. I got uh, three garlic plants um, growing nicely. This is all stuff that was just laying around in my kitchen that started seeding on their own. And I thought, hey, man, I I think I could be a farmer. Um, I got tomato seeds in a bag right now, and they're actually growing. So I'm going to try to uh, grow tomatoes for the third time this summer, even though it might be a little late in uh, in the year. But my biggest victory is my um, my apple tree called Peaches. And uh, I'm, I'm driving my family crazy as far as peaches go. Because I really, really give a shit about uh, this apple tree. It started as a seed at the beginning of the coronavirus, at the beginning of self-isolation. 
my uh, daughter was eating an apple and I grabbed one of the seeds. I threw it in a bag and I'm like, "Ah, let's see if I can get this to grow. I'm here to say now that damn apple tree that I did name Peaches is now over a foot tall. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put a picture or a video on Instagram. But I just drive my family crazy. I'm like, did you guys take care of Peaches today? Did you feed Peaches? Did you make sure it's getting enough sun and water? <laughs> and they're like, Dad, enough about Peaches. <laughs> and yes, I got a puppy. Uh, and the puppy is biting the shit out of all of us. And we're trying to figure out the best way to handle that. Look, I know how to handle it. Because I'm older. The old people out there know how to handle a puppy that bites. Oh, but you're not allowed to do those things anymore. No, no, no. No, no, no. There was a rolled up uh, magazine or newspaper. I know that sounds horrific, but I come from a different time. When you got a dog, you got, I keep saying it, you, you got a tennis ball and a rolled up newspaper. That's all you needed. Now it's like, books you gotta read and websites you gotta go to and you gotta talk to trainers and you gotta get the right chew toys and you gotta get a crate which looks like a goddamn cage but you can't call it a cage it's a crate and then when it starts nipping and biting everybody in your family instead of getting really pissed off you're supposed to talk to it nicely and then try to hand him a chew toy i don't understand this new world we live in All that sounds insane to me. But we do love the puppy. It's awesome. Get him toys. Yeah, I know, Fred. We got a million toys. But guess what? It still loves my hand way more. Got to get the dog on Prozac. Robin, man, you're just crushing the Facebook Live. It's funny you should mention that because we went to Maryland to get the the puppy about two weeks ago, I think. Losing track of time because we're all living uh, Groundhog Day. Or is it Groundhog's Day? Or is it Groundhog Day? Oh, whatever. Um, we we drove down to Maryland to get the, the puppy, and we drove all the way back all in one day. And I'm like, wow, this puppy is chill, man. Barely barking and sleeping the whole way home. And the first day, it really slept, and it was all nice and cuddly. And then I think the Prozac wore off. I'm like, oh, my God, I think the breeder drugged the dog. Because we got a completely different dog a day later. Oh, <laughs> So, Robin, as you mentioned, Prozac is probably sort of a joke, although I know they have some of that stuff for uh, our pets. I'm convinced that the breeder might have. And if you're thinking about it, you know, she had a litter of, uh, I don't know, what was it, like 10 puppies? And that could be a complete nightmare. So I'm thinking, did she give these puppies a little something-something to keep them chill until they get to their owners? Because that thing woke up and, wow! Thank God I haven't updated some of my stuff because everything is being chewed on. Everything. Give it some CBD? Yeah. Oh, speaking of CBD, I, I got to talk to Brother Weeze today. Brother Weeze has a story to tell. I'm going to get him on my podcast. But um, Brother Weeze, I'll give you this tease. So I listen to Brother Weeze every morning. Still to this day on the iHeartRadio app. I love listening to him still. He's 73 years old. He started in radio uh, right around the time I did, which would be in the like early 80s. And he started as an older guy and just uh, has crushed it ever since because he's a natural at it. But anyway, I'm listening to him the other day. And uh, he flew back from Florida. He lives in Rochester. He's in, uh, in Sodas Point, and they uh, got a, a home studio for him because it's still a mess. They can't really get everybody from his show in the studio. 
in uh, downtown Rochester. So I'm listening to him, and uh, he, he tells his crew, he's like, man, I, I got hungry, so I went downstairs during the commercial break, and I saw five uh, cookies in the fridge. In the fridge is key to the story. Do I listen to Stern? God, no. I never listen to Stern on a regular basis. I can't even imagine how bad that's got to be at this point. Um, so he's got five cookies, and they're wrapped in like a, I think he said a plastic tube, if I'm not mistaken. So what cookies do you know uh, that need to be in the refrigerator, and they're, and they're wrapped in sort of a fancy way? So he tells his crew, man, during the break, I was hungry, and I, I went into the refrigerator, and I found these cookies. So I ate all five of them because I needed substance. Turns out that the five cookies were his son's cookies that he brought back from Colorado because his son Sammy went out there for a bachelor party for uh, his brother Jake, who's getting married very, very soon. Turns out he ate five edible cookies. Five and it took effect uh, while he was still on the air, and he had to tap out. And then on camera, they couldn't move him. He was in a chair, slumped over. They couldn't move him. His whole body went numb. He was high as fuck. <laughs> That's why Brother Weez is a rock star. Five cookies. You know, I, I, t- I, uh, I dip into the edibles. I would think uh, if I had five of those cookies, I'd be scared to eat a whole one. I would probably wimp out and eat half of one. And he had all five. And he was a fucking mess. And it was actually kind of scary for a while, too. All right, let's talk about Blue Chew. Yes. You need a little boost for your noodle? Then uh, give BlueChew.com. Promo code Opie. O-P-I-E. A try. I think you're going to like it, man. All you have to do is pay for the shipping. I think you could deal with that. And what I love about the Blue Chew, you don't have to deal with a doctor. You don't have to deal with the pharmacy. Oh, I hate going to the pharmacy. You're online, and next thing you know, some lady's tapping you on the shoulder. Excuse me, sir. I think I was next. Wait your turn. And then you get up to the counter, and you're like, hey, man, do you have my dick pills? And like, no, that'll be another hour. Why don't you check your blood pressure? And then you sit back down. You're like, oh, God, why am I dealing with this? Not with Blue Chew, my friends. No doctor. No pharmacy. Harry, I think he's getting dick pills. You think they're dick pills, Harry? You don't have to deal with any of that. And then they ship it to you in a discreet package. So then you don't have to deal with nosy neighbors going, hey, what's going on over there? What's going on? Is he getting boner pills sent to him in the mail i love blue chew i love the people at blue chew i love how easy they make it for you my friends so why don't you visit their website blue chew that's uh the color blue by the way b-l-u-e bluechew.com use the promo code op to try it for free and of course it's o-p-i-e oh i love blue chew and i really love that they uh sponsor this podcast thanks blue chew Oh, shut up. I got to be honest with you. I was watching the NBA last night. And uh, they're doing it right, I think. Uh, They're doing it in the bubble, and they're keeping all their players put. And it doesn't seem like they're uh, getting a lot of coronavirus cases. Unlike Major League Baseball that just had greed all over the place. Like, greed, 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 greed. We got to open this up. We got to get our teams traveling around the country. It'll be fine. 
and I think that's going to kill baseball this year. I think they're going to shut down the league within the next week. And I'm not, I'm not jovial about it, I, you know. But I, I do like to tell it like it is. And I don't, I don't see how they continue in another week or two, unfortunately. But I was watching the NBA last night. I was watching LeBron James and Toronto, and uh, I love, love, love my basketball. I love that sports are opening up. And I really do hope that baseball survives. I've, I've just never been a big baseball fan. Although I think playing 60 games is amazing because every single game matters. Um, but, man, I wonder if these players are going to have a new appreciation for the fans. Because you watch, like, the NBA specifically, and it's just so weird. You realize how much the crowd adds to a, a sporting event. It just doesn't feel like the same, even though I'm just happy to be watching any kind of sports on TV. But, uh, you know, they're kind of pumping in low-level crowd noises. They're thinking maybe that'll help. And you hear them talking on the court, which I think is kind of cool, and the, and the squeaking of the sneakers. But it just feels like it's missing something. And I wonder if the players are feeling that. And I wonder if they're going to really respect uh, fans even more when, when we figure out this whole thing and get back to normal. But it's just good to be able to watch some kind of sports on TV. Uh, I think the PGA is doing it right. There's barely anybody out there, and, and that's strange too, man. These guys are playing golf, and there's simply no one on the course watching them. It's really, really strange. I think we should enjoy this, though, because I, I, I don't, I, we'll never see this again in our lifetime where everything is shut down to the point where major sports leagues are playing in front of nobody like this. Cody Zone from Rochester. Golf? Boo! <laughs> I, I love my golf. I love watching golf on a Sunday, just a nice, lazy Sunday, although I don't have lazy Sundays anymore with two small kids and a puppy. But just having the, the golf on all day long, it just kind of goes with a nice Sunday before you know Monday hits and you get back to the grind, the grind of whatever you do for a living. Uh, but, uh, you know... Drag racing? You like the drag racing. God, I, I I couldn't tell you the first thing about drag racing, Steve. Is it is it still a sport? I don't even know. I know they got those dumb parachutes. And if, those, if they don't uh, deploy, then oh boy, are the drag racers in trouble. That's all I know about drag racing. Um, but anyway, I, I also got to tell you, there's a, there's a good documentary on Showtime. It's about the Go-Go's. And I know maybe a bunch of you are like, the Go-Go's? Ew! But man, you can't deny that uh, they were massively huge at the beginning of MTV. First girl band that wrote all their songs uh, and had, had some success. But I didn't even realize this until I watched the documentary on Showtime that they only had uh, three, I think three albums. I think they might have squeezed out a fourth after Jane left. And, and that was it for the Go-Go's. And they admit during the documentary, just like uh, the rest of these bands, man, the fame and the money just breaks up uh, great things over and over again, unfortunately. And that is true with the Go-Go's. You had one of the, one of the gals, what, what's her name, Charlotte? She wrote a lot of the songs. I think she wrote uh, Our Lips Are Sealed, I believe, um, and, and a bunch of other songs. She was like a full-blown heroin addict. And she was, like, copying heroin in Alphabet City, which is on the lower, what is it, the lower east side of Manhattan back in the early 80s. That was a scary, scary place to be. And she's in this hit band, 
and uh, she's copping heroin in a really, really sketchy area of New York City, especially in the in the early '80s. And and most of the band didn't even fucking know that she was that bad because they were all partying. You know, there was a lot of coke, a lot of drinking. You got the marijuana, but she's like, "Fuck all that! I'm all in. I'm going heroin." Uh, and then you know they they fought over um, uh, royalties as far as songwriting goes, and it just broke up the whole band way before they should have broke up. It's a really really good documentary. It's on uh, it's on Showtime if you want to check it out. Even if you're not a Go Go's fan, I think uh, I think it's worth watching for sure, man. Those girls like to party. Tom said, "Yeah, they did." And then I think they kind of like uh, a few of them actually went out with each other. And then uh, they broke, I think two of them like actually were girlfriends and then they broke up and that was cool. They didn't care. They both moved on and realized the band's way more important than their, than their love life with each other <laughs> as they're just scissoring. Oh, sorry. Just scissoring and scissoring <laughs> as they're, as they're uh, writing hit songs. Let's scissor some more. <laughs> The scissors got to be the dumbest thing ever for lesbians, right? It, I mean, I, you know, I've taken a peek at some lesbian porn. They're just scissoring and grinding. It just looks ridiculous. It looks like you. It looks like you. You could easily throw your back out as you're arching and scissoring and trying to look at each other. But now you're far apart from each other, so you can't even do any of that making out. Because it's all about just bumping the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> and if and if lesbians aren't into guys, why why do their sex toys look like penises? Just saying. Why is that? Cuz God made the perfect instrument for the boner garage. <laughs> I can't even take credit for that. There was a hardcore Trump supporter on, uh, I think it was Instagram or, I don't know, somewhere on my social media. And she had a tattoo on her belly that just said, Boner Garage, with an arrow pointing down to her, uh, you know, her pussy. And I laughed myself sick. So I can't take credit for that. The Boner Garage. I've never heard it called that before in my life. But anyway, yeah, the uh, the, the uh, Go-Go's documentary is damn good. It's on Showtime. I gotta still watch the Ole Ole one uh, with the Rolling Stones, and uh, and I also gotta get Judd Jones on in the near future on the podcast to talk about um, uh, the Last Waltz. We want to do a whole episode on that. As we try not to talk about the coronavirus too much, I'm trying to seg out. I'm trying to spin out a little bit. I'm sure I'll be dragged back in, and that'll be okay too. But uh, I know most people are just simply sick of it. They want some distractions, I think. Because you're not going to convince anybody. You believe what you believe. I believe what I believe. And that's just how it's going to be, unfortunately. We're never going to get on the same page with this damn thing. We're just all going to throw our coronavirus shit up on our social media, thinking that we're going to, like, uh, change some people's opinions. And it's just not. It's just not going to happen. So you live your life. I'll live mine. And hopefully we'll all get through this. And get back to some form of uh, normalcy. Whatever that's going to be. I don't, I don't even know what that's going to be. I know the rats are getting more and more out of control in New York City. I went there to check on my apartment. Oh, my God. I'm scared that uh, squatters are going to uh, take over my apartment in New York. Because 
since March 12th or no, March 13th, we ran away from New York and we've only been back a total of three times and barely staying there. Uh, just quick checking on things, running the water. So our, our bathrooms don't smell like sewage, watering plants that are still in the apartment, getting our mail and getting the fuck out. It's just a matter of time. And we've found cockroaches in our, in our uh, beautiful apartment in New York City. And they're basically saying that because most people are not in my building, no one's using the pipes really. So these critters are coming up through the pipe system. I live almost 500 feet off the ground and the cockroaches are coming through the pipes now. That's what's going on in New York. And the building is secretly hoping... That the mice or the rats don't start climbing through the pipes as well because people aren't using their their plumbing. And I'm like, oh my God. And the rats are getting aggressive. They're dead all over the place because there's not enough food. Because it turns out that the rats need uh, our pig, pig lifestyle to survive. They need us throwing garbage away constantly and that's how they... That's how they eat, and that's why there's so many rats in New York City. They say there's way more rats in New York City than people. And with most of the people, not most, but a, a, a huge amount of people not living in New York anymore, they're not feeding the rats, so the rats are coming up. They're getting more aggressive because they're desperate, and they're eating each other. Holy shit. I know I mentioned that on a past podcast, but they're, uh, they're eating each other. That's how desperate and hungry they are. That's fucking nuts. Jason Lee, do you listen to some of the old O&A shows? Very, very rarely, my friend. I kind of have the attitude, uh, I did it. Every once in a while, though, you know, a podcast fan that's also a fan of the old days, they'll remind me of an old bit or something, and then every once in a while I'll go, you know what, I want to put that on my podcast. I remember that fondly. And if you look back through the episodes of the Opie Radio podcast a few episodes ago, I, uh, I just put up there... From, I think, 2000... What year was it? 2011, I think? Uh, the time that I, I, after vacation, came back in studio and Rich Voss, Bob Kelly, Jim Norton, and Anthony were there. And I told a story how I almost paralyzed myself in the Outer Banks. And they gave me a beating. And people seemed to really, really like that... Uh, that uh, I, I guess you could call it a bit. Let's call it a segment. So I just decided, you know what, I think uh, there's a lot of new people that listen to my podcast that would enjoy that. So every once in a while, I'll pick and choose something from the past and throw it up there. But in general, I don't really, uh, I don't really listen at all. I mean, I was there. I did it. So to me, I, I, I never really listened to the Opie and Anthony show when I was still doing the Opie and Anthony show. You know, I didn't want to hear my voice and... The last thing you wanted to do after doing a radio show day in and day out was go and listen to the stuff. So I, 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 know, uh, I know it's great. I know all that. And I know a lot of people really, really still enjoy listening to it. Um, it's too bad we don't own the rights to Opie and Anthony because me and Anthony would fucking be swimming in dollar bills. And I tried. I, so, I tried so many times to get that deal done. I tried. There are guys on YouTube... That they have full Opie and Anthony channels that are making stupid money off it. And me and Anthony don't see a a penny of it. Not a penny. But what are you going to do? I'm not not crying poverty, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem that fair. Uh, If Spotify offered you an ant a deal, would you do it, it looks like? Nah, I'm done. 
I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, boys and girls. Too much bullshit has happened, unfortunately. I just want to do my podcast, hang with my friends, hang with cool people, and uh, and enjoy my life. That's where I'm at. I don't, I don't think there's uh, there's not enough money in the world for me to even consider that, sadly. And I think I think Anthony made a a, a huge mistake by uh, starting this whole me against him bullshit. I think he made a huge mistake from a business uh, standpoint. It was obvious we didn't really get along for a really, really long time. But I think the move would have been to be smart about it and, like, not be, you know, I'm great and he sucks without me bullshit. Because then maybe maybe we could have done a taste here and there. Maybe. I don't think it was good for business to completely split the audience in half. but, But who am I? You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. And uh, I'm not going to lose sleep over that, okay? I got a puppy barking in the background, so I got to go, man. I really, really appreciate you guys. Thanks for subscribing to the Opie Radio Podcast. Thanks for supporting the sponsors. Of course, today's sponsor is BlueChew.com. Promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, if you want a little boost for your noodle. Until next time. Boop,